Welcome to a weekly, a podcast brought to you by Calvary Bible Church. With your host, Jay, I'm in the studio with a special guest today. We're going to have a really fun time on the weekly. This conversation is going to be fun, so buckle up, people. All right, you're all wondering, who's my special guest? Is none other than the one and only Kathy Taylor. How's it going? Hello. Is that an intro? That's a great intro. Thank great. you. Welcome to the weekly. Coming, kicking, and screaming, and dragging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Glad to be here, though. I wasn't going to mention how I had to twist your arm for this and coerce you, maybe, to do this re- recording. Let's go with convince. Convince. Okay. That's even better. Is that an inappropriate word, coerce? No, but there was no torture involved. <laughs> There's no torture. It's true. Good. Hey, we're we're live here on the weekly. It's going to be so much fun. Kathy Taylor brings not only some spark and some playful conversations um, within our staff, but she also oversees a really important ministry here on the Erie campus, the women's ministry. How many years have you been at Calvary, Kathy? Let's jump into it. We've attended Calvary since 1996. Okay. Except for a four-year hiatus when we moved back to Virginia, and then when we moved back to Colorado, we tried very hard to be in this area so we could just jump right back into Calvary Bible Church in Erie. Cool. Very cool. All right. So when I came on staff, you weren't in this role. You were doing something else here at Calvary. You were at the front desk. I was at the front desk. How long did you do that? How long were you at the front desk here on the Erie campus? Okay. I have to tell you that Pre-COVID, I probably could have given you an answer. Yeah. But time has been warped dramatically. (laughs) The dog years of COVID? Something, (laughs) yes. So I started off as Adrian's admin just Mm -hmm. a few hours a week, and that grew into a bigger role when we moved into the church. And so I did that for a year or two, and then they needed somebody to help kind of lead and cast vision to the women's ministry here, and um, the team asked me to help with that. That is wonderful. Okay, people, see, we're, we're setting up the conversation. Before we get there, let me talk to you about what is happening at Calvary um, in the coming season. You want to go to calvarybible.com. There you can click on your campus and find out from the mobile bulletin all the, the offerings that are happening here at Calvary. There's so many ways to get connected here at Calvary. You can also download today the Church Center app. It's a great way to find a group Submit a prayer request. Hey, you can find the weekly on the Church Center app. Did you know that, Kathy? I didn't know that. You We're have there. To show me We're how officially to do that. there on the Church Center app. But also, you can find a group, get plugged in, actually cl- click on the mobile bulletin there as well. Okay, something really cool happened the last week here at Calvary. I just got an email detailing the report, but 38 couples, no, 38 people. No, 38 couples. I think it's 38 people. 38 people signed the membership card here at Calvary. How cool is that? That's great. I saw that email too, and it was a great time of dancing in my seat. Yeah. Do you think they all got their jackets fitted properly on Sunday? Oh, their member. Their members only jackets? Members only jackets. Okay, does anybody remember what those are? I don't know. I, you have to be born before, what, 1990 to remember membership, members only jackets? long ago but no to joking aside it's really fun um i i know people hear me say these comments all the time but that's one of the best things we do at calvary is the membership class i just love it what do you love about it you know 
you're interviewing me now, huh? <laughs> you know, I, I, I love that we slow down. We talk about the history, the DNA, the theological richness of what is the Evangelical Free Church of America, our doctrine statement. And I just love it. I just love those two hours. They go by so quickly, and I think everyone at Calvary should jump in and sit in that class. It is not boring whatsoever. No, it's not boring. And it's a great way to see who we are and what we're about and get to know, or for the staff to get to know the people who are interested in Calvary. Yeah. And then for them to get to know the staff a little bit better too. Yeah. I love that Calvary's a community like that. Totally. There's a workbook involved with fill in the blanks. And this week there was a gentleman in the room who could not get past an empty fill in the blank. So he would always have to ask. It was really funny. I'm not that person. I'm like, uh, fill in the blanks. I really have to do this. If it's a blank, it needs to have a word in it. Uh, I don't know about that. We can just move along, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, it's really just one of those sweet things that happens here at Calvary that just continues to remind me God's faithfulness, bringing the right people, bringing um, these great stories to join into the family of Calvary. Does that make sense? No, it's great. I love it, too. Okay, so, Kathy, before we dive into women's ministry, let's get to know you. How many kids do you have? How many kids do you Do you remember that? I do remember that. Pre-COVID or (laughs) (laughs) post-COVID? That has not changed. We have three adult children. Yeah. And we have two two great son-in-laws. Oh, sorry. I interrupted. Okay. Two great son-in-laws. And Um, then? We have three grandchildren. And how many dogs, cats, <laughs> pets are in the family? We have one dog. One dog. And that's your dog, right? That's our dog. That's your our dog. Oh. Does that mean that you're partially responsible or fully responsible for your dog? Um, mostly the day to day. Yeah. But cool. um Mike is very capable and willing. Yes. Good. Yeah. Good. It's really fun. So um what the age what are the ages of your grandchildren these days? Five, three, and one. Five, three, and one. That is a fun time. It is a fun time. What's your what's your um, biggest surprise in being a grandma? Oh, goodness. I don't know that there's really been very much surprise. I just have really enjoyed, even though they're long distance, mm-hmm. being on FaceTime, having them call and show me a school project they worked on or something that they were super proud or excited about, and then I got to share that with them one thing we love to do is that we do a lot of story times on facetime okay or i'll record a story and then send it along so they can watch it at their convenience oh that's really sweet that's a really sweet idea we love books in our house yeah totally well you grew up in a house full of books right i did yeah give us a brief history of that like your dad who's still alive (laughs) yes he is which is great um is a ferocious reader he is a voracious reader. He reads everything from the old classics to modern mysteries, theology, history, military history, you name it. He, you could probably have a really great conversation with him about most anything. Wow, that's really fun. And no. one of his favorites is C.S. Lewis, so you all could have a nice chat. Yeah, totally. Oh, and, and Bonhoeffer. Oh, he does. He loves Bonhoeffer. Mm. So did you carry on this love of reading in your adult life? Yes. Even through the young family stages and all that? or It was cheaper than therapy. 
That is honest. That is really honest. Yes. It is cheaper than therapy. No, but I do love to read, so I always made time to read. Mm, that's really fun. I so, mean, it could have been just a short period. Yeah, you totally. Know, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Let's be honest. There's nights where I might read for like five minutes and then I'm disappearing into sleep land. Yeah. Exactly. So who would be some of your favorite authors? Oh. I know that's... That's very loaded question yeah. or a very open-ended question. Maybe that's a better way to say that. Can you give me a category of books? Like, what has been your sort of like, oh, I just... Anytime you hear this name, you just think of them fondly. That's really a good question. There are some um, writers I've enjoyed recently. Mm -hmm. Louise Penny is one. She writes mysteries. Jacqueline Winspear writes mysteries. But they're also kind of sociologic studies of time periods, yeah. which are really good. That would be interesting. Um, I like to read about World War II, resistant workers, and people who um, gave so much of their lives in unknown ways until the last few years when some of those documents have been released. Yeah. And people are starting to write more knowledgeably about those things. That's really neat. Well, that's super fun. Super fun. So, okay, let's say it's the ideal day for Kathy Taylor. What would you want to do in the ideal day? I didn't prep you for these. You we weren't going to talk about me. I know, but I, people want to know who's who's Kathy Taylor. Okay, ideal day. That's really hard because I like so many things. In the fall, going up to the mountains would be great. Mm -hmm. Taking a drive and a hike, sitting with a friend, having a cup of coffee, sitting by a creek and reading a book, sitting on my front porch in our hammock chair. Yeah. Reading a book. Those are really good. Those are some simple things. Yeah, those are some simple things. Okay, so if you listen to the weekly before, which I'm, I'm, I'm I guessing. read it all the time. I'm <laughs> quoting <it for> <laughs> That's a deep knowledge quote from the weekly. <laughs> yeah, so you'll have to go back, everybody, and find out who said that. Yeah, totally. Um, we talk a lot about food, and we talk a lot about sodas and coffee, obviously. So what is sort of your go-to, like, just great meal that you just love that you either, you know, order, you go out to your favorite restaurant? It's like sort of your whole life you've always said, you know, these are these are my great meals. Hmm, that's a really good question. I thought you were going to ask me what I cooked most recently, and I was going to be very proud to say I did cook dinner last night. That's great. And when you are an empty nester, you cook less and less. So it's like Mike was like, yes, <laughs> there is a freshly prepared meal on my plate. Nice. <laughs> so that was fun. And that was jambalaya. So that was mm. fun. Jambalaya. Mm, it was it was zippy. Wow. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, I don't know that I have a favorite go-to meal. I like lots of different kinds of food. Yeah. So... I, we do enjoy Mexican a lot though. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. That's sort of a staple at least once a week, right? Mexican food in the, somewhere in the diet once a week? Somewhere, somehow. Yep. It has to happen. Totally. That's really fun. Okay, I know we get accused of so much fluff in the first 10 minutes, as you can tell, but. I've never said those words. No, 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 no. You've never said those words. You know, by the way, your tea smells really good. Really I'd good. share some, but there's this thing coming going around that, you know, probably yeah. shouldn't share my tea with you. <laughs> it smells really good, though. Um, let's talk about women's ministry. Great. This is where you're passionate about. 
this is where I've seen your gifts just flourish. Um, let the listeners in on like what's been happening this fall here at Calvary in regards to the women's ministry. I would love to tell you about what's going on in women's ministry. Um, we are really excited that women are back together this year. Last year, we were able to meet in small groups and kind of scurry over to our little rooms and have a quick meeting or Bible study and then scurry back out again. But what I kept hearing from women over and over is how much they missed being in one room together before they divided into their groups because they loved seeing the community of women worshiping the Lord together and studying the Word of God together. So we're able to do that again this fall. So we're very excited about that. That's really good. That's really good. Aren't we all excited to see faces and be in communities? Yes. Yes, we are. So what does that look like from week to week here at Calvary, especially on the Erie campus? What it looks like on the Erie campus is that we have um, a Monday evening Bible study for women, and we have a Thursday morning Bible study for women. We all study the same thing. We do that intentionally. Um, I love how um, the sermons and the teaching on Sunday mornings is so strong and biblical, and we all study the same thing together. So um, as a church, and what we do in women's ministry is we all study the same thing together. So we all are learning and growing together, even if maybe one of our friends or family members is going to one of the other studies, we have a point of contact with them that we can say, this is what I'm learning. What are you learning? And we can grow and encourage each other from that. Really neat. And then you also have something else happening on Tuesday mornings that the building is quite full on. Yes, the building is quite full many times during the week um, with women's ministry and all kinds of ministries going on, which is exciting to see when you drive by and you see the parking lot full and you think, oh, something's yeah. happening at the church and that's really great. But we have um, mothers of preschoolers okay. that meets the um, two mornings of That's month. MOPS. MOPS, right. right. Mothers of preschoolers, MOPS. And then there's a graduate program of MOPS, which is called Moms Next. So mothers of preschoolers is designed for pregnancy through kindergarten. Okay. And Moms Next is designed from kindergarten through high school for the moms to get um, training and just growing as women, growing as moms, and growing in leadership. That's really fun. That's a really great ministry. It's really valuable. If you think about those stages of life, how needed that is. It is valuable, and I think in our neighborhood and communities and towns, we're, we're rather transient mm-hmm. compared to a lot of places in the country, that when women can come to the area and they can get plugged in and they can... Um, have community, people who are caring for them. That was one of the first things that um, I was a part of when we moved to Colorado in 1996. And that group of women is still, you know, part of my friend circle today. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. What do you see out of MOPS that you don't see out of the other ministries or Moms Next? What What are some of the things that are a little distinctly different than, you know, Monday night Bible study or Thursday morning Bible study? The first thing that comes to my mind about what's different is um, those ministries are meant to be an encouragement to moms, both that are part of a church and those from our community who have never been exposed to a church before. Mm. That's a unique, very unique. Yes. 
So how do you see those people that maybe never been exposed to a church step into a church once they're in mops? Can you ask that again? Like, how do you see, do people step in that have never been a part of church? They get plugged in mops and then step into this church or a local church? Sometimes they do. There are some great stories throughout the years about how women have come not knowing anything about the word of God or who Jesus is other than what they might have seen in a cartoon or, you know, heard at school. And they come and they just see how they are cared for and how they're loved, how their children are cared for and cared for and loved. And then maybe we'll have a pastor come in and just speak to the women just to kind of give them a chance to see who we are as a church. And very often they go, oh, my husband could relate to this person. Yeah. You know, they're not what they had in their mind of what this pastor was going to be. And so often they'll come and they'll visit just to kind of feel it out. And so it's a great um, relationship builder and um, community builder it, at MOPS, on the playgrounds, and then sometimes in the church building too. That's wonderful. What a, what a beautiful ministry. So let's, let's talk about you're in women's ministry. What are some of the greatest, you think, needs that women have in the 21st century? You know, the women from, it's a, we're a multi-generational church. So we have the spectrum of women um, represented at Calvary. What do you see since there are some of the great needs in women? You're looking at me like. No, I'm an internal process, I remember. So the words are going around in my mind. You need to give me a couple seconds. Okay, I'll give you a couple seconds. Because this question was from left field in my mind. (laughs) So, um, So the greatest needs of women, I think no matter what generation you are, what your um, historical background is, your work background, your faith background. I think women want to be in relationship with each other. I think many of us are connectors, and we want to say, oh, you too? Let's do that. Let's talk. Or you know a friend who is also interested in something that a woman you just met is interested in, and you might connect those things. And I think that's because we want to be known. Often, We're afraid of being known, or it's a little scary. Um, But once we enter into those relationships, we kind of breathe a sigh of relief because I think we need each other. And during this last year, especially, I think we're recognizing how much we need each other. Sometimes we think friendship is a luxury when really it's a heartfelt need. Mm, That's so true. That's That's so good. So what are you excited about? You know, we think about the state of women's ministry here at Calvary in the future. What are you excited about in the future? I'm really excited, like I said, for women to be back in the building together and to be encouraging each other um, in those various groups. I love that in Bible study we try to have multi-generational groups yeah. um, often, and I think we learn so much from each other. And I think sometimes we think, oh, if I could just be with my little mama friends or with my retiree friends or whatever the category yeah. might be in our mind. And then we spend some time with somebody else. We're like, oh, we really have so much more in common than we thought. Or we can learn something from each other that we didn't expect. So that's really exciting. But long term, I'm looking at how we can grow the ministry of women so that we're um, 
developing leaders through um, MOPS or through a Bible study small group and training them up to be disciples who can then disciple other people. And sometimes in such soft and simple ways, they don't even realize that's what's happening in their lives. That's sometimes the best type of discipling, right? When it's the, you you arrive at a destination, you didn't know you were being led there. Right, you're just living life with people, Mm -hmm. and you're seeing how they do it, good, bad, and ugly, and then learning from, learning along with them, all of those things. Right, yeah, and some people say that wouldn't be intentional, but that is intentional. It's just a different mode in which to disciple. It's the come along with me instead of let me instruct you in a way. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Okay, so let's let's turn the conversation here. We've been talking about Hebrews 4, and we, last week with Zach, we talked a lot about rest. And Hebrews 4 is about, let's be very clear. We don't want to take this out of context. It's about resting in Christ's provision, um, ultimate work, his ultimate life lived for us, that we can have a great life and we can live inside of um, what God's doing and not forgetting sort of what some have before us forgot about God's provision and keeping his people. And it's a, it's sort of in the middle of a, um, a, a really interesting conversation of rest because that's a big theme here. Um, it's resting in Christ. It's resting um, in, like I said, God's provision. So when we talked about rest last week, um, we had some feedback about, can we go further into talking about some really practical, practical ways in which we can rest in our faith, rest in our, our day-to-day, our week-to-week lives? So, Kathy, you know, you're, you're one of those individuals that has been a believer for uh, quite a bit of time. Um, you've seen... Enough on my age. What? Enough on my age. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. But... It's more of God's faithfulness I was speaking to than your age. Uh, but what what are ways in which you've seen over your years um, you resting well? And then what were those that you can say these were really, you know, these were really part of my story and have helped me in a lot of ways? Well, I don't rest well. I mean... It needs to be intentional, and I need to keep practicing it and trying new things in different phases of life and seasons um, because I'm a doer. Mm. And so um, setting setting aside time for rest can be difficult for me. Yeah, especially as a doer. Yes, so, absolutely. But, but you've lived in these places of like uh, a single woman, married, young kids, kids in um, the landscape of growing up to empty nesters. What have you seen to be some of the most beneficial things for you to get rest? I think it's important for me to actually put it on my calendar or Mm. to put it on my list. Okay, I'm going to do this for this much of time today and give myself permission for that. Okay, so true confession. Yeah, this is a confessional booth. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, not so much anymore, but when I was starting to think, okay, I need to sit and do this, I would put it on my list Mm -hmm. so that that 
I could then check it off when I had done it because oh. that felt good to me. Or sometimes when it's been very difficult to take three minutes or a certain number of minutes, I would set the timer mm-hmm. and say, I am going to sit and be quiet with the Lord, or I'm going to sit and read or just breathe. And we like to say in our house to quote, stare at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, for this number of minutes, and when the timer goes off, then I could be released, which sounds ridiculous, but if you're a doer, sometimes you need those little things. Now, even when the children were small, sometimes mommy's ears got really tired, mm-hmm. and I would set the timer that mommy's ears couldn't listen <laughs> for a few minutes. Yeah. No, it, was, really... it wasn't an hour, although sometimes I wish it was an hour, <laughs> but even just for those few minutes, just to kind of give myself that rest, I mean, you you know, hear about Mrs. Wesley who would take the apron and put it over her head and the kids knew not to bother her. Right. And she had a passel of kids. I never had a passel of kids. <laughs> That's but a great they, but word. They, but they knew not to bother her in that time. And so kids can learn those rhythms mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But they're not extended periods. But that was really helpful. Yeah. What I hear from you just on a very practical level is intentionality. And so many times we think rest should be easy or should just come naturally. But rest is actually a lot of work to get to it. Does that make sense? It is. And I think it's, we don't like the word discipline, but I think it is a spiritual discipline to learn to just sit and be still. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think of some of the early years of me being on staff and we were in the grind of young kiddos and you always, you always were, I would say, I guess a side conversation instructional to me of making sure Kristen had time and space to get away. You're always adamant about that with, with women, especially the men at Calvary that we as men could be intentional to release or bless the endeavor of a mom, a wife getting out and getting away. You're just smirking. No, I don't remember that. No, I mean, it's a big theme in your life. I think there's so many times like after women's retreat or before women's retreat, I just remember these side comments like, I just wish sometimes the men at Calvary would tell their wives, it is needed for you to get away. Okay, I do remember that, especially before retreats, like to give them not permission, but encouragement. Yeah. Because sometimes they feel the guilt like, oh, can I, should I, you know, their list gets long. Yeah. I think it's good for everybody though. Yeah. When mama leaves, it's really great for daddies yep. to be able to know that they can do this on their own Yes. for a short period of time. You they can fly can parent solo. And they can do it. I remember when um, I was working as a nurse and we had a young family and part of my job was working X number of Saturdays and Mike was responsible for those kids and they loved it. They had a great time. The sweet doctor would buy donuts on Saturday. We'd all go in to work, and then the families would show up at 10 a.m. or something, and they'd eat what was ever left, and bless them. Those children showed up in every kind of condition (laughs) you can imagine. They didn't care. They were having the time of their life, and that was really a great experience for them to spend time with Mike, and then for Mike to just kind of be in charge, because we all know mommies and daddies parent very differently. They definitely do. But it's good for each of you to know that you can count on each other. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and I think it's just a great reminder that, like, you know, for just me personally to think about, okay, 
is my wife getting rest? How can I help her get rest? How can I free up the to-do list, the schedules, all the things, the expectations of our family, the expectations we put on ourselves to get her rest? Does that make sense? Yes. Does that work well for you to have it like you sit down? I mean, do you and Kristen sit down and have a plan for that? Or are you the planner? How does that work in your family? Yeah, you know, I, I think when when she says I want to do something, I make sure my ears perk up because that's a, that means she's really asking for something, you know. And some of that is deep. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like mom guilt of being away or um, the ability to um, – feels sort of selfish to rest it feels selfish to rest sometimes because you're like you know i mean i just went on a retreat with some pastors in the area and it felt guilty to be away for one night because i knew that night was going to be really hard it's a transitional night between like work and soccer and dinner and bath bed all that stuff and those are hard nights to be away because i know that she's carrying the load but i also know that i come back a better human being when I do step out. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think it's good for individuals in the in a relationship to do that. And then for you to be able to get away a little bit totally. together mm-hmm. too. Just to have that break and to be refreshed. Oh yeah, definitely. God bless grandparents. Bring them on. Bring, <laughs> bring me those babies. I'll watch them. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about some other practical ways. Let's say someone that doesn't have kids, doesn't have a busy, that type of family life right now. What are ways in which we can say these are really practical ways? You know, I'm thinking of really practical things like um, I like going for a walk. I like walking. I didn't like it when I was in my young 20s um, or even my middle 30s, but I've enjoyed walking more and more. And it seems like that is a great way for me to be refreshed. I don't listen to podcasts. I don't listen to music. I just walk. And um, it seems to be a very good pause point for me. So what are some practical ways, Kathy, you would say to anyone at Calvary? Like, these should be restful moments, moments you can spend time with the Lord, decompress, recharge. Um, Because resting is, when it calls Sabbath, I'll I'll, I'll back this up. When, When Sabbath is used in the Old Testament, it literally means pause. And in our culture, that's really hard to do. So we need to talk about some really practical ways to pause. So what are some practical ways? Okay, practical ways to pause. That's a really great great question. And it also raises a question about what you mean when you say to spend time with the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah. You're going to add on to that? Some, well, I'm throwing that out to you right you're now. You're interviewing me again. Uh, it just means sometimes that's reading my scriptures right? That's spending time. Sometimes that being very intentional praying. Sometimes that's on the landscape of not doing either, but enjoying God's creation, presence, the freedom not to have to do anything to, you know, Eugene Peterson, which is one of my favorite pastors says, so often we meet, we fail to meet God in our leisures. And what he's talking about is We've got to be really good at creating space in order for God to talk. And sometimes walking for me is a place that I can decompress before the Lord can even speak to me. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And I think that um, probably helps the 
listeners know what we mean by those terms because sometimes when we hear that, oh, spend time with the Lord. Yeah. You're supposed to be relaxing and doing that, and the pressure level rises, and then you feel guilty because maybe you're not doing it correctly. Yeah, that's right. And so that's tricky. So when I think about ways to relax, I love when you said you're taking a walk without listening to a podcast or music because so often we are plugged in, even when we think we're getting rest, that our brains don't have a chance just to process or just to of watch the clouds come in as you're walking along or whatever yeah. those things are and i think that's really important um not that we can't learn good things yeah um we can't worship when we're listening to music and that sort of thing but sometimes it's nice just to not have that when you think about um the people throughout history and the um, believers who've come before us they would have no idea what we do with our time and our stuff if they were bombarded by all this they don't have time to think yeah, is what boy. they would say. Oh my goodness, when do they think? But I think that walking is a great thing. Some people enjoy um, using their hands, and that mm-hmm. helps them relax enough to free their mind. Oh, totally. Um, you know, some people love, would, would love word working, or maybe they're a sewer or a knitter or a cook, a baker, something. And mm-hmm. just that simple task that they're doing, or a complex task, but it just can free them up, and that gives them rest. And that's kind of a great thing if you have a hobby like that. Yeah. I, one time, it, because I don't work with my hands in my day-to-day job, um, I, it was so relaxing one day to chop wood. And we were at the cabin. Wood had to be on, you know, for the night to stay warm. And it was one of the most enjoyable experiences of that whole trip. Because I was doing something physical, some physical exertion, which I don't do in pastoral work. But... Um, it was really life-giving. You're going to get some calls. Yeah, totally do chocolate. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, think about your own life, Kathy, and just, you know, where have you felt like God's presence, God's kindness towards you as you paused or rested? Is it in your Bible study? Is it when you're marking up the scriptures? Is it is it in formal prayer moments? Is it prayer gatherings? Where has... Kathy Taylor experienced God in a restful manner? I think all of those things at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things is to sit down and um, read a passage kind of in context and look at what it's saying and spend some time looking at it in different ways. All the ladies at the Bible study know I'm like, as we're studying the book of Jude this semester, it's like read it, read it through every day. Mm-hmm. Read it, read it, read it. You know, it's kind of the dummy's way to memorize scripture or to just get real familiar. But it's fun how you'll see something one time, some word or phrase or concept will pop up, and the next time you read it, you'll see something else, and then you start m- connecting those dots, which is fun. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things is to sit down with a bunch of other women or a small group of women and study God's word. I mean, that's just like the most fun thing. Mm-hmm. But... um. Sometimes I sneak away and sit by a creek and just watch the water go by or have a book or my Bible and just spend some time reading. And that's um, feels like hours away when maybe it's, you know, maybe an hour. Yeah, maybe minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. That's really good. Really good. You know, actually, we have a great listener now to the podcast. My mom is listening, which keeps me honest. Hi, Mom. Yeah. Um, but she reminded me after last week, she texted me actually today and said, 
don't forget what Father Ruby, uh, Rudy, sorry, Father Rudy used to say. He used to say, busy is um, being under Satan's yoke. And I don't know if that's 100% true because our lives are busy, um, but it's a really great reminder what type of thing are we doing with our busyness in order to produce something? Are we building our own kingdom? Are we bring, building our own security? Are we building our own provision? Or are we, are we actually letting the Lord do those things? And he used to say that, and I mean, it's pretty extreme. Uh, so I'm not saying it's the best phrase ever, but it, it's a really great reminder that um, sometimes our busyness reveals actually what we worship. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I think sometimes we get busy with our to-do list, um, with our agenda. And then we realize later on, oh, we didn't have time to pause and talk to that person. Mm. I'm not saying that happened to me on Sunday, but it (laughs) might have. And if you're listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, When I didn't take the time to Mm. follow up the question or the introduction, and you just think, oh, that was a miss. Yeah. But many years ago, there was a book on margin, Mm. just allowing those spaces in our life. And the author spent the first three or four chapters trying to convince me that I needed margin, mm-hmm. which I didn't need the convincing. I knew I needed the margin. Right. It's like, just tell me. Give me, th- give me the permission to create it. Right. And once I did that in that season of my life, it just felt good. Mm-hmm. That I didn't need to be rushing. And I think that's probably what your mom means by the busyness. Yeah. Being busy with a task is not necessarily a negative thing. Right. But it, it's when it usurps the other things that are better mm-hmm. or becomes the priority oh. to, or to look busy. Yeah. And that's when the, the problems arise. Don't you think? Oh, definitely. I agree completely. Yeah. It's, it's a strange thing to be. We also talked about this in the text was, you know, she, she was commenting about the generational thing of what, what generation like my kids are growing up in, what generation she grew up in. And, you know, let's be honest, the technology boom, the internet, the channels of content that we are bombarded by um, are different than, say, even when I was in high school. We didn't have cell phones then, you know, and the internet was like this dial-up thing that you waited forever to get on if you had a landline attached to your telephone. And... It's just amazing that in our culture, we've sped up our lives. And I think it's because of more of multitasking. And there's so many good things that happen, right? Like we're connected to the world. You can FaceTime grandchildren. You can read a a book on your cell phone and just text it right away to them. Um, But there is some trappings and some traps that we can fall into in these day and ages. Right, and that's a really good question when you talk about busyness or connectedness. You know, can you leave your phone behind mm. and go for your walk yeah. or your run or run a couple errands? Don't you feel like oh, you're yeah. just naked without it? Totally. And it's like, oh, I need to just tell myself I'm leaving it behind today. Yeah. No, it's not going to record how many miles I went, <laughs> which I like it to do. But yet it's good for my soul to yeah. say, okay, I'm not doing that. Totally. And, you know, are we, 
you know, do we come home to an empty house and turn on the TV just for the noise sake? Mm -hmm. Or can we actually sit in silence and dullness of our day-to-day life to be human? From the introvert, that just sounds lovely. (laughs) Yeah, but this is really good reminders. I think this has been a helpful conversation for me to know that there's some very practical ways to rest, ways to meet God, to stay fresh, to get rest. You know, one of my favorite uh, preachers of all time, Fred Craddock, said that one of the most holy things you can do sometimes is take a nap. And, um, you know, that's a preacher that was a great preacher, had a fantastic ministry. His schedule was full. But for him to say that, it's like, you know, Sunday afternoon, it's okay to not watch the Broncos score and disappear and take a nap, right? No? I don't know. That never happens at our house. But (laughs) I'm sure that it's a great idea. Yeah. But we've got to find ways in which we can, we we each individually need to pray to Jesus and ask him, reveal in which ways I can step in to meet you, to rest, to pause, to um, fill back up the cup that is so much, so often pretty empty. So besides taking walks, what are some other suggestions you have? Oh, that's for resting. Why are you asking me questions like this? We've got to finish this podcast up too. Um, you know, I think uh, there's been seasons where Kristen and I have done really well with a Sabbath, and that's like a day of this is what we do. This is what we get away with. We don't do these things. Um, and this season between school and soccer and all those things, it seems nearly impossible. Um, but for me, the things I really enjoy that really find meaning for me on a day-to-day basis is the first cup of coffee in the morning is a holy ritual for me. So it's not just a function of my father and waking up tired, um, but I, I actually a place where I can take a few moments and recalibrate my heart to wake up to knowing that the Lord's doing something that he's provided for me to wake up even, um, but also to be thankful and grateful. That's a, that's a restful moment for me, you know, um, in a busy day when I'm trying to eat breakfast, get shoes on, get them out the door, whatever it is. Uh, that's a moment for rest. Um, I'm pretty intentional. Uh, about once a year, I try to get away to, I know this sounds very religious. Um, it's, it's not very religious, but um, to get away to an abbey or monastery, they are designed for people like us to come and visit, to pause. Um, they're more than gracious to us when we do that. Even if we don't hold all their Christian beliefs, they are very, their, their rule of life, their, sort of their, their DNA is hospitality to strangers so it's a wonderful i've done that a few times and that's been really good um but i think overall it's every human is different if you're no matter where you're at no matter if you're a college student high school student a dad a mom a grandparent if you've never had kids we all rest differently don't we we do and i think it's nice to know that it's not a pass-fail kind of thing. You're right. If you try something that sounded great when your friend did it, 
and you try it and you think, yeah, no, didn't love that. Okay, move yeah. on. Try something different another time. Totally. And I think that is nice just to kind of have some freedom in that. Totally. It is. It is. Give us permission, right? As it basically is to permission to pause. That's what we need. Yes. I'm giving everybody permission, encouragement. Please do. Yeah. Totally. And permission to open up God's word and not do it hurried or for a Bible study to be done, checked off the box. But to be just a place to encounter God is a really important way too. Okay, we've talked enough. Let's get out of here. It's Wednesday afternoon. You have a list of things you still want to talk about? You'll have to come on to part two. Okay. Hey, Calvary. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, Calvary. It's so good to be with you today. Thanks for listening in. If you got questions about us, about resting, ways, practical ways to Sabbath, ways to get involved in women's ministry, reach out to Kathy Taylor. She's the expert. She's giving deer in the headlight look. Hey, Calvary, we love you. You can always reach out to us at calvarybible.com. Go to that Church Center app. Um, find out all the great resources there at your fingertip. Also, one of the biggest things we love doing this is going to fill out the prayer request. Let us know what's going on in your life. We love to be praying with you. All right, Calvary, we talk to you soon. See you next week on the weekly. We have a great guest next week, but I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. You're just going to have to tune in, my friends. Peace out.